entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the Ewing Bang Podcast, everyday commentary by everyday people. This is your host, Emil Wang, taking a break from the Golden State Warriors playoff coverage to bring you a long overdue movie review of the Avengers Infinity War. The film follows the Earth's mightiest heroes as they battle the conqueror of worlds, Thanos. Now, Infinity War brings together the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, with a few yeah. notable exceptions. <laughs> the Avengers are the Avengers from previous movies, Black Panther. Spider-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Doctor Strange. Now, for those of you who are not too familiar with the disputes over movie rights, this movie does not include the Fantastic Four or X-Men movies we have seen in the past. Joining me on the phone after a long hiatus from the podcast, the future UFC heavyweight belt champion, oh, oh, I gotta the be heavy famous... Wait, is it heavy welt or are you, gonna, are you a welterweight? I have not seen you in quite a while, Jeff Lou. You might be... <laughs> 105 pounds for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> Let's the just go famous. with that. <laughs> <laughs> the famous Jeff Liu on the line. How's it going, man? What's up, man? It's good to be on the uh, podcast where uh, J.R. Smith is not is not the real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> hey, J.R. Smith is my MVP. <laughs> I know, I know. Jersey, Jersey sales in the Bay Area skyrocketed. <laughs> Oh, but on that note, on the topic of uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful things and exciting things going on, were you excited to see the Infinity War movie? Let's start with that. Oh yeah, uh, I mean this is this is something that I've been waiting. I mean, there there were two big milestones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I was looking forward to. The first one was Civil War. You know, I had my expectations up super duper high at that point. We had been about seven or eight years into the uh, Marvel movie franchise, and when it came out, I was I was blown away. I was super excited. I was so excited to see you know everybody from a lot of different universes come together. I was excited to see Black Panther you know come into his own in a movie of of himself. I was excited to see you know like uh, Scarlet Witch be part of the Avengers and now, and then and this is just this is just another step up, man. This is like th this is the most this is the buffet of marvel cinematics like all put together this is a decade in the making this movie's been marinated and brined you know the preparations have been put uh put together since i was 22 you know way the way back when starting from iron man one i i could not have higher expectations for this movie and uh yeah and, and this whole thanos uh by the way is it thanos or is it thanos because i was thought it's it, thanos they, they do it's say thanos. thanos in the movie okay yeah. I, I was like yeah still still not too sure i think this yeah, language none of this, is so tricky but uh, yeah none of this raz al ghul bullshit okay it's race <laughs> don't get twisted <laughs> Yeah, but uh, this whole Thanos Infinity Stone storyline has kind of been hinted at since the first Avengers movie back in I think 2012, where you yeah. know the, the post-credit scene just shows Thanos putting on that uh, that gauntlet, saying something like, you know, if you want it done right, you do it yourself. Or maybe actually, that was, um, that was the second that, one, I think. I, I think maybe just the first one. He's just, uh, they just kind of show him, and he's like, 
oh earth you're so weak or something like that yeah i forget what he said so so basically after the after the first avengers um loki fails you know and then um one of thanos's messengers basically comes up to him and said oh the chitari invasion failed and then he just kind of smiling on his throne and then that's when we know we were like oh my god this is uh this is what it's going to culminate into I mean, they, they kept this tease going for uh, for a good six years, you know, like um, we went at least one or two movies without seeing any sort of teaser from Thanos. It was only when the Avengers all came together in, uh, in, in the Age of Ultron again, where we saw him again. We saw like tidbits of it in uh, Thor, the Dark World. And, and then like uh, the last time that we saw it was kind of like a hint at it uh, during the third Iron Man movie when uh, I, you know, I, uh, Tony Stark is going through PTSD. He's saying that he's seen different things. He knows of like a global universe at that point. We saw little glimpses of glimpses of it in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but again, nothing to to remotely suggest what the scale of 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 uh, cinematics that um, Thanos would bring to the screen. Nothing to suggest what the scale of like his true power was, you know, and. Uh, and it really just kept us all on edge that we knew that this thing was coming, that they were building up, building up to it. And knowing how Hollywood goes, that's a huge risk because, you know, unfortunately, actors leave, um, actors can pass away. A lot of things can happen in a decade or so. And this is really like uh, not not just movie magic happening, but a lot of like a lot of planning coax yeah planning coaxing by the studios and like really relying on things to fall into place um for for it to be pulled off the way that it was and you know and it really did pay off you know like they they were able to achieve one way or the other the result in getting everybody there with the exception of ed norton and um and uh <laughs> What, what's his what's his fucking name? Jeremy uh, Renner and no 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 not not Jeremy Renner. Who was the original War Machine? <laughs> oh, uh, Terrence Howard. Yeah, and Terrence yeah. Howard. Yeah, <laughs> with the exception of those two, you know, you got everybody everybody that was involved in the series back in. You even get you know the Red Skull back there. Yeah, for, yeah. Just, Wait, well, yeah. the Red Skull is just a Hugo Weaving. I I don't think. I think it was Hugo Weaving. Oh, where? Yeah, I thought I, I thought I yeah. was reading somewhere that it wasn't, but. Um, Anyway, yeah, you're right. I mean, this it's been a buildup for a very long time. I think it's kind of covered a little bit more heavily in Guardians of the Galaxy just because he's the, you know, in the movies, he's the father of Nebula and Gamora. So I think there's kind of a larger presence of Thanos in these in those movies particularly. So you do have a pretty good uh, – in recent years, you're a little bit more aware of this Thanos being. You're aware of the Infinity Stones, and you're, you get a little bit of a taste of what, you, what each of the stones do. Um, most notably, you know, the Do- Doctor Strange's – Eye um, of Agamotto. Yeah. yeah. That and then, uh, the, you know, the Tesseract from the, the Asgardians – uh, is another yeah. big one, and then Ultra, uh, not Ultron, Vision. Vision is the, is yeah. the third one that we, you know. These are the three that we that we were were well exposed to. So we have an idea of what each of these stones, kind of what their power is. Uh, yeah, and, and we have an idea that you know this guy Thanos is is going after these the, these stones. So th- this takes me to my next point because Thanos's motivations isn't particularly to to fight the Avengers, to kill all of them. His motivations are to collect all of the stones 
and to achieve the the impossible, which is eliminate half of the population in across the whole universe. So, but his motivations for doing that are well. How would you describe them? They're they're, they're very very uh, and justifies the means finding a a, a worldly balance, almost like a. Uh, you know, kind of like with a Watchman, uh, as Ozymandias, you know, kind of <laughs> realizing, Absolutely. That, uh, realizing that, you know, the, the in order to achieve this balance within life, you have to kill off a certain number of people. So it, his his motivations were, in in some respect, honorable, you could argue. At heart, Thanos is an environmentalist, man. <laughs> Really, I mean, like if you if you cut it one way or the other, I mean that we we've seen this plot line before, you know, maybe not to this grand of a scale, but um, uh, like you said, Osmandius in uh, Watchmen may have been the, one of the first incarnations of it in the modern comics area, and the second one in like the cinematic era was Kingsman, you know, the um, the original Kingsman with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. He's just like, oh, you know, like there's too much too much uh, human life in the world. It's not sustainable, and then I'm gonna kill people and the problem with uh the problem with samuel l jackson's um like method of going about it was that he was trying to select what the cream of the crop you know he was just trying to selectively um decide who would repopulate the earth after this tragedy happened um ozymandias was uh, you know was similar in motivations with thanos it's just going to be like rampant chaos it'd be uh, non-discriminatory you know yeah, he, people he wiped would just out not... major cities he just, yeah he was just like yeah new york city tokyo moscow bam yeah and and thanos is just the extrapolation of that honestly because uh you know ozymandias kind of limited himself to uh the the planet earth whereas thanos is basically just like fuck you galaxy <laughs> you know like <laughs> you, you got to scale it back a little bit but i mean that's that's the thing. Thanos's motivations here, uh, even though they're kind of laid out, they're they're laid out in a narrative, which is not, which is never the strongest way to do it. I mean, honestly, if they wanted to make Thanos even more of a sympathetic character uh, throughout throughout the ten years that these uh, movies were building, they could have done things here and there to show that you know he had not necessarily benevolent. Um, motivations to to go about what he was doing because every time you saw thanos in like any one of the previous movies he was always grinning like a villain or you know uh, he was trying to invade a planet or something like that so it, it always showed like either a conqueror mentality or kind of like a a villainous mentality but they they really like flipped the switch in this movie because um they're really trying to make him sympathetic you know they with the whole storyline with gamora and like he's he's the villain with feelings you know like he he truly loves, you know, and that's why he kills sort of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that they don't give you any actual flashbacks to Titan. Like right. he, they, when they're on Titan, he does his little illusion stone thing and yeah, you exactly. kind of see it. But for such a long movie and for something that's been, you know, building up for all these years and for, for Thanos himself to be such a, a key part of this film, it's strange that like you said it, it he he explains his motivations in just a narrative and there's no real flashbacks or anything you know you don't you, you hear him say words but he you know they don't really show it which is i guess it could be interesting if you know that he's just saying that to, yeah to, no, and, 
He might be and, making it up just to just to fuck with the audience. I I don't know, but exactly, you don't know whether or not he's a reliable narrator because you don't know him well enough, and that's the problem with movies like this. You know, um, movies like this. I mean, e- even with uh, with as as long of a timeline as we have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's nothing compared to the type of story that you can build over you know, years really um, in the comic book universe, you know, and um, in the comic book universe, Thanos has his own standalone series. Uh, he's a villain to Iron Man. He's a villain to Captain Marvel. He's a villain in, you know, uh, against Deadpool. Like uh, he, he's just, he touches so many different places and you can see his motivations build over natural storylines that progress over, you know, a long period of time. And they just don't have, and you know, the, the storyline for Thanos in the comics is, is really, really different than what it is here in the movies, but you have a longer time to understand what his motivations are in the comic books and realize that they are genuine. Whereas, you know, here in the Marvel universe, you basically just have to like take his word for it. You know, like you have to, you have to take his word for it. And, you know, with all the conflicting opinions, especially from Gamora, like how could Thanos love, you know, and um, Nebula hates Thanos and like, you know, all these other people are, are in fear of Thanos. So you really don't have an opportunity to see him as a sympathetic character other than through what he says himself. Yeah, and we're going to get into the comic book part shortly, but uh, I, I do want to say, and this kind of jumps a little bit far ahead to the end, but uh, I felt like in a vacuum, if you knew nothing about any of these characters, if you weren't already emotionally attached to you know, the Avengers, Strange, Spider-Man, whoever, um, this would almost feel like a tragic a, a story where thanos is a tragic hero yes right it, it, it's almost like um you know that macbeth. movie what's that <laughs> macbeth it's a little it's a little macbeth yeah 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 or even like you think about chinese films like hero the the, mm-hmm. uh, the jet li movie where he's you know trying to get within 10 steps of the emperor so he can kill him and realizes in the end that you know the emperor's you know actually like a, a, a decent dude but yeah um you know it's kind of like that where if you looked at everything in a vacuum, it's you could see Thanos as somebody who's tr- ultimately trying to do something really good, but he has to do all these terrible, not terrible things. He has to do all these terrible things terrible on things, the way yeah. and, and live with that kind of guilt. I mean, that is the ultimate definition of what a tragic hero is. So w- when you say that, like yeah, like you were expected to sympathize with Thanos. I I agree. I mean it's yeah. it's really written that way. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about the comic books. Uh, right before <laughs> this podcast, I've uh, I had a chance to read uh, the Infinity Gauntlet comic book. And, and granted, I my comic book knowledge is nowhere close to what yours is. So which is why I'm going to start. Um, I haven't seen Thanos in any other comic books that I've read. So this is really the first time I've seen him uh on in the book in the books okay right and the first couple of panels just explain all of his motivations uh and he already has the infinity stones right so you're like okay well that that's wildly different from the movie because in the movie he's trying to get them the whole time but in, in the comic book in the infinite in the infinity gauntlet comic book he already has all six stones and what motivates him to snap his fingers and eliminate half the universe's population is he's essentially trying to impress a girl 
He's trying to <laughs> he's trying to get laid by Mistress Death, who is you know an astrological some kind of cosmic uh, yeah. incarnation, a female incarnation of Death. And right. it's hilarious because Death doesn't say a sing- like Lady Death doesn't say a single world word through the whole comic, but Thanos, for whatever reason, is is trying to impress her. So uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, why is Thanos so desperate? He, he almost seems like this just little teenage kid that's just, you know, trying to win the affection of, like, the prom queen. Yeah, so, I mean, Infinity Gauntlet, the, that, that comic book was published back in, like, I want to say 91 or 92. It was very, very early on. And this was the classic pulp era of, uh, of comic books. And, um, you know, you had a lot of mythical beings interact with regular comic book characters, primarily because, uh, the copyrights on them were, um, completely loose. So that's why you, that's honestly why you see a lot of, uh, Greek myths in both DC and Marvel universe. Like, um, oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, Hercules is is just a character in DC, like straight up exactly. Hercules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and Her- Her- Hercules is actually also a character in Marvel as well. Um, Thor and Odin and all, all yeah. those people. Yeah. But but death. So um, the the reason why Thanos has a crush on death is not not really like overtly sexual. The 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 reason why Thanos wants to court death and and that's honestly the way that it's put they they put it is because at that point he is the strongest being on earth he can defeat anybody you know the only person who has ever given him trouble in his like eons of conquest is the hulk you know he he actively avoids conflict with the hulk but for everybody else you know he just smashes on fools like you know galactus doesn't have shit on thanos he, um in the infinity gauntlet series and he he's continued this for so long that he realizes that um he's essentially in an an immortal being having the infinity gauntlet essentially grants him uh, you know f- forever life and the only way that he could achieve it, because he doesn't believe in like committing suicide or anything like that, is that if somebody could defeat him in battle, which at this point is impossible, it's it's nearly impossible. Um, so he becomes kind of like a little jaded at at the concept of life, and thus comes the female incarnation of death. And Thanos has a crush on death because. Death is the only person that can provide him the release that he actually wants. So that's a whole convoluted storyline. Release, no pun intended. No, no pun intended. <laughs> and the and the funny thing is, uh, Thanos's relationship with Lady Death is actually what puts him directly at odds with Deadpool. <laughs> so de- yeah so in the deadpool uh in the deadpool series deadpool also courts death and actually deadpool is more successful than thanos at courting death <laughs> like there's actually panels of like deadpool making it with death like he, they wake up together and like deadpool is half naked in bed and <laughs> death is like lying next to him it's pretty funny if you read the deadpool comics like if you read them regularly you'll realize like that's the style and it kind of like mocks it but um yeah so thanos gets jealous of deadpool and like 
beats him to a pulp only for him to like regenerate right in front of him and then be like basically like what's up you know <laughs> so it's two completely different ways they're both kind of like out of out of the box sort of ways of thinking like the the two extremes of um how you would approach a relationship like that but um you know in the end I, I can understand why they didn't go with that because it's just yeah. too difficult to achieve and it and it really conflicts with a lot of the other foundation that they've been laying out for such a long period of time. Yeah, and, and like you said, uh, you know, a lot of cosmic beings, like, you know, even when Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer get involved, like, characters like that, you're, you're kind of like, okay, they're, they're just dudes who kind of fly through space and can, like, shoot beams out of their hands. Like, I, I think when it comes to cosmic beings, like, you know, uh, like when they bring in Galactus and all those other dudes, like there's a certain threshold where uh, like superheroes on sc- superheroes or supervillains on screen just get kind of boring to watch. Like right. there's nothing really creative about the action. Like I feel kind of that way about Superman. I think Superman's right at the cusp of like, you know, that this is just getting kind of stupid and yeah um and a lot of that is shown actually Here, here's a really good example wonder woman fighting that demon thing yeah. at the end of wonder woman it's like there, there's just no creativity in, in this action scene it's just like, them who like, cares yeah yeah it's just <laughs> these these big forces wailing on each other and you're like okay that's kind of boring so i i completely agree that it makes sense that the infinity war movies stayed closer to this universe that has been laid out versus staying true to um to the to the source material um and 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 really really like the reason why this movie is so entertaining is because they scaled the power like thanos is a bad motherfucker you know like he smashes he smashes on the hulk but when like seven superheroes team up on him all together they can still like bruise him and shit like that so like it's like oh okay He's mortal, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and they almost got away with it if Peter Quill yeah. hadn't uh, let his emotions get the. <laughs> if J- Peter Quill hadn't J.R. Smith the, uh, <laughs> the situation. We were up. <laughs> we were up. I, I thought I thought it, I thought we had to lead. <laughs> but yeah, I. So let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the character interactions because I think that was a lot of what um, what people were looking forward to, right? Seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor, with with Stark, with all the characters. How did how do you think it played out? I loved it, um, and I I can I can I know for a fact that uh, a lot of people had mixed feelings about it. Like I uh, you know when Thor and Ro- and Rocket Raccoon like went off on their space journey or whatever i thought it was just great you know? yeah. <laughs> i i i love i love the way and you know it it, it got it like it it approached the border of getting old when he kept on calling uh rocket little, uh, rabbit, rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i mean like it, it was it was fine you know honestly they made thor a little bit of a goofier goofier character because they know that uh, the Thor movies by themselves, even though they're they're the most beautiful out of all of the Marvel movies, they're gorgeous movies, but they're so boring to watch because it's yeah. so like Shakespearean in its tone, right? So yeah. you you need that kind of like um, like fish out of water sort of sensibility of Thor to make him funny. Um, but but like there there were ones that like really just uh, like the Spider Man Spider. Oh my God, I gotta say, man. 
Um, I really hope they work out their shit with Sony Pictures because if they get rid of Peter Parker, I will be genuinely sad. I think I think um, Peter Par- uh, um, uh, the Peter Parker and Tony Stark like um, interaction was probably my favorite out of everyone in this film because you see Stark really come into his own, uh, you know, like question his own mortality and then see. Somewhat of a prodigy, um, you know, someone, something of like somebody to take over the reins and, and Peter Parker. There's a genuine guilt when he fails, um, to stop Thanos when, when Parker turns into dust at the very end. Like when, when Parker says, Oh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And the fact that he called Tony Mr. Stark the entire time, I was just like, man, this is, this is really, really like, like you, you can, you can put in, all of the like little quips here and there, the Josh Sweden style humor into all of this movie. But honestly, when it comes down to it, you're invested in these characters. And when they have a genuine dramatic moment, it's like, fuck, that was good. You know, like, honestly, I'm, I'm like the Bucky, uh, Captain America relationship. I was just kind of like, okay, we've seen this. All right. You, you, you two, like you two are, are basically like, a, a, the gay couple of, of the Marvel universe <laughs> at this point. Stop staring at each other. We get it, okay? Like Steve loves Bucky. Bucky loves Steve. That's the way that it is, you know. Yeah. And Anthony Mackie is there, just trying to like interject into everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't don't get me wrong. Captain America is still like one of my favorite ones, but that uh, that did not feel like uh, a relationship that came out of love. I'm gonna get into the Captain America storylines in a second because really this was just too like. Two groups of Avengers were going on their own separate quests, really. So, you know, Strange, Stark, and uh, Spider-Man, and then the the majority of the Guardians were on their own quest. And uh, I I haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming still, which is really bad. And I realize that the Stark and Peter Parker relationship is built up from there. And and I get what you're saying, how, you know, we, you know, the the, the Peter Parker kind of... uh, protege mentor mentor mentee relationship is something that you know we, we could relate to i think because we're you know similar to spider-man we're, we're kind of all really really fresh to the whole thing right like right. we would be spider-man if we were if we had all become superheroes superman. yeah exactly so i think that's what makes them relatable i i think the peter quill uh iron man relationship fell flat that should have been an awesome interaction on screen, uh, kind of a, a like a more uh, alpha dog, like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I would say an alpha dog competition. And, and there was just no, there was no tension between the characters that the comedy fell flat. I mean, and both of these guys are fucking hilarious in the roles they play, which is yeah. why I, I don't know. Maybe they're just too similar. In it, the sense, I, and the only difference is that, you know, Peter Quill's fat. Like, I, I, I think that's it because, like, you know, Tony Stark is a playboy. You know, he, he's witty and he's rich. I mean, I, I think Peter Quill is just fat. But uh, that's it. I mean, they, I think their their humor is still kind of the same. I, I think yeah. the problem I, – I actually agree with you that that, that um, interaction was too flat. But I, I, I got to tell you, man, they put uh, Peter Quill in just like – they just made him the whipping boy of this entire fucking film. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I honestly feel bad for him a little bit because like the first interaction you see of him is with Thor and Gamora. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was funny. And I got to tell you, man, like 
I know that that you may not share my opinion on this, but I I still find Dave Bautista's Drax to be fucking hilarious. I love him in every scene I, that he does. I, I, I thought he was good in this, but you can't make a whole, like yeah when when he is a character of the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy who are a side character of this whole yeah. Avengers movie. Yeah, he's great, you know, yeah. but you can't have him like yeah he can't know, be a solo movie. Yeah, he can't be like yeah. Well, he can't be a solo movie, but he can't even be like I, – I, I don't know if I could watch a whole movie of the – like he gets old fast. He's like Fat Amy from uh, the fucking Pitch Perfect, okay? It's like <laughs> – it, it's just predictable, okay? Fat girl's going to make a joke about being fat or like rape or something, like <laughs> something along those lines. It's like David Bautista is just going to make a joke about how he's clueless. Like it, it's – it's predictable, but I, I think it works well in in when you're bringing this whole universe together, and he only has like ten minutes of screen exactly. time or something. Exactly. It, it worked out well. No, I, I agree with you. Um, but going back but, to Peter Quill and the Avengers, I, I or and the Guardians, I think I had a huge problem with them because they at times felt like a major character, but in reality they were just um, a vehicle. Well, they were vehicles and they were sidekicks to the primary Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you're going to do that, you should just cut down their scenes because you kind of already know who they are. They've already had their own movies and their most recent movie came out. What? Like a year ago, a year ago. Right. Yeah. Like there's a whole bunch of other characters we're waiting to catch up on, you know, and, and this takes me into Captain America because <laughs> I, I, I think this whole, like, Captain America returning should have been, like, a stand-up and, like, applaud moment, I think. Like, it, it should have, it, it still felt that way when he when he rescues Wanda, but it just, you know, he, he has that scene, and then he kind of, he kind of leads, leads the team around, uh, leads the group in Wakanda, but there's no character development. There's no like real development of like, okay, what, like what what has he been doing? What are his motivations? Has anything changed since the <laughs> war? Which was, which is probably a one of the most major events in terms of character development in the past couple of years of the whole MCU. Okay, so my my whole thing, like I I agree with you, and for the record. The my the theater that I went to watch Infinity Wars on um did stand up and clap when Chris Evans finally took the stage. Like everybody yeah. stood the fuck up. Yeah, it was yeah. great. I, I think I I I kind of see where you're coming from with regard to like developing his uh storyline, but you're running a three hour movie at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You, you, yeah, th like they were ambitious. They tried to have all these things and you could have cut out a lot of the guardians and, and even the thor side story to go get that hammer that could have been done in like two minutes <laughs> like they didn't need to make this grand old like him flying around and opening the sun rays or whatever the fuck he was doing like it it, it all got kind of tiring in a movie that was already kind of long and in the end what really happened it was just him the Rocky Raccoon and Groot, who didn't do anything, uh, talking to Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah, Peter Dinklage as a as a dwarf who was actually really big. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt like there was so much left to to be explored. Uh, another big one is Hulk. I mean, yeah. Hulk, World War Hulk, Hulk getting sent off in the twin jet. They didn't want yeah. to follow up on that storyline. That's a huge yeah. one. 
like yeah. or or him his relationship with uh Black Widow also that's another one that's been left off I mean th- there's just so many of these little stories that like are they going to close the loop on them you know next movie I mean that that's kind of late now <laughs> actually actually so I've been I've been keeping up with all of the different um, uh, fan, fan theories that are coming across, and actually everything that you're bringing up right now uh, falls in line with the time travel theory that it, they they say is going to be the the big part of the second movie, you know, and I think that that would work out perfectly. We can't we can't forget that this is not a standalone movie. This is part one of two and it's going to be a six hour epic and you know like you can cut it up any way that you want but it's like watching you know lord of the rings or something like that you know you can't watch them alone you can't make them stand alone um and and at this point i mean you got 10 years of history i don't think anything really stands alone at this point you know um, and I think everything is up for grabs with regard to rewriting history in the second movie. I, I think there's that. And they kind of have to because there's going to yeah. be another Guardians of the Galaxy movie and they're going to – Is there? <laughs> is there? Did they just throw away their only black superhero? Did they just trash their relationship with Sony? Could it be Emil? When fucking T'Challa died, man, I was just like, okay, this is not, this is yeah. not happening, all right? They're gonna have like the entire black Marvel fan base up in a fucking riot, yeah. like if he doesn't show up in the second movie. Well, like, hey, hey, his bodyguard, you know, was still alive. Maybe she puts on the Black Panther mask. No, 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 no. The only other person that puts on the Black Panther outfit in all of that is Shuri, which is his sister. Okay, and she is not capable of holding up an entire movie by 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 herself the other person that puts on a white panther outfit was bucky but guess what they killed that guy too so guess what this is not the end okay they're not gonna kill chadwick boseman okay that guy that guy has like the hearts and minds of america at this point yeah. right yeah <laughs> and i i think that's uh that that takes me to uh the action and we'll, and we'll start with this Another another epic battle on the fields of Wakanda. Wakanda forever. <laughs> in the past three months, exactly. I was, I was like, I was, I'm wondering if they decided to throw that in there just because they saw the success of Black Panther and they're like, shit. A, you know, there has to be another big fight scene in Wakanda, and B, we have to say Wakanda forever because that's like, that that is like the most popular phrase uh most popular battle cry since like remember the alamo or something yeah. like that <laughs> it's become the it's become the modern day remember the alamo uh, oh no that's it's mel gibson's freedom you know <laughs> like uh, yeah okay yeah so, yeah but i think i think william wallace was a little bit before the alamo okay okay but i'm gonna say this all right i actually think that that was a budgetary decision <laughs> they were just like yo we got all these hot Black Panther sets going on right now. Let's just bring everybody over, and then we can we can two birds one stone this mother. <laughs> yeah, because they got yeah. everybody back. Yeah. They didn't change. Yeah. They didn't change any of the outfits. You know, yeah. like what yeah. what would have been really funny if like Michael B. Jordan like just like popped out of the grave real quick <laughs> because Thanos wants to fuck with T'Challa or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Get one more black celebrity in there, you know. <laughs> Denzel. Or, uh, 
Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, like, look, the the battle scene was it is it was what it was. You know, I I thought the CGI spectacle. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I thought that the uh, the scene from um, when they were fighting on Titan that was spectacular. I loved that. I love that action scene. But oh, well, Con- ganged up on, uh, Thanos? on Thanos. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. that was yeah. great. That was creative. It was a lot yeah. more creative, I thought. Yeah, but you know, like when they were fighting um, in Wakanda, I think that like the real drama only came at the last part when Thanos was just bearing down on Vision, and like you got everybody throwing their bodies in front of a giant purple bullet, basically. You know, like yeah. everybody's just like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were no. There were no memorable action scenes. I, I like. I, I think the um, the Thanos thing was creative, in the sense that you know everyone came at him with different powers, but there was nothing in there where it was like. Yeah, I, I don't think anything was shot super well. I don't think I I was impressed with any. I mean, Thor. Whenever Thor and Hulk fight, that's always kind of boring. Oh yeah, and the Hulk and Thanos CG fight was yeah. pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that moment was cool when Loki's like. We got a Hulk, and then Hulk comes out and gets his ass kicked. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> like, Thanos is not fucking around. Yeah. But, man, I, I rewatched like, I think the opening sequence to uh, Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier, and oh, I was like, holy movie. shit. Like, great movie. Yeah, yeah, great movie and a huge upgrade from Captain America 1 because Captain yeah. America 1 is not an action movie. It's a war it's movie. Like a, it's yeah, a war movie, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it borders actually like a – in my opinion, a bad movie, but we, we can talk about that later. Um, but yeah, and by the way, in Captain America two, doesn't he fight David Bautista? No, like, he doesn't. As, he fights an, a UFC fighter. He fights George St. Pierre. Oh, George St. Pierre. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh man, did Bautista have two roles in the Marvel, <laughs> Marvel Universe two? Is, 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 is he like Chris Evans? Is he? Uh, no, I, I mean, like, I actually think that my favorite action scene in the entire movie was when um, uh, Wanda and Vision get ambushed. Because, yeah, 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 yeah you know, and, and it's the little skirmishes here and there. Like, I even like the action scene when um, Spider-Man first shows up uh, in, in Manhattan. Oh, in, yeah. Yeah, and they take the fight to Central Park. I thought that was yeah. like, wow, you know, that's, yeah. that's like, and, interesting. And Strange's cape comes in, too. That, that's exactly. Like, like, a cool, cool bit, yeah. too, I think. Because at that point, everybody was getting their ass kicked. I was like, dude, these guys are not fucking around, you know? But then yeah. after that, they all get separated, and then it comes down to the big battle scene. And, you know, I, I understand the necessity for a big battle scene, but, you know, like, we're we're into our 30s now. We've seen, like, a thousand fucking action scene sequences, like, of this nature before. So I I'd rather see, like, a Civil War type thing where you know everybody that's fighting versus, like, Oh, we got these gigantic four-armed gorillas from Mars that are just going to like suicide bomb this energy shield that you have, right? I'm like, okay, come on now. And like a million Wakandas coming out, Wakandans coming out, and just basically like being cannon fodder again was not great for me, you know? Yeah. And why did they just get those little spiky wheels to roll through the first time? Why even send any humans <laughs> in the beginning? To like, show they don't give a fuck because they're gangsters, Emil. Thanos doesn't fuck around. <laughs> you came to the wrong fucking block. <laughs> 
But here, like, and here's another problem I have with this movie is that I felt like each of these scenes, like, especially that in going back to this final epic battle scene, it felt like it was a, like, almost like Kung Fu hustle where, like, somebody just brings, like, a bigger gun to the table at each level. Like, like, like really, they could have started the battle with Thor and his giant-ass hammer. Like, nobody else needed to show up. And if Thor had gotten there, like, 20 minutes earlier, like... He could have. He could have stopped everybody. He could have well, thrown that the, shit through Thanos' hand, the head. Where's, like, where's the drama, Emil? Come on, man. Well, that's the problem. Like that, and that's that's what drives me nuts about some of these action films, where it's just it's really just you one up the you know in the exact same scene, everything just gets one up, and and, it, and and they kind of are self-aware about that when like Scarlet Witch comes out and throws a wall up and kills a bunch of people and uh t'challa's bodyguard is like well why wouldn't she hear earlier exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah because his it, boy because her boyfriend was going through surgery yeah. oh yeah <laughs> you're right you're right <laughs> um yeah they couldn't have like made black widow protect him i mean she's pretty useless <laughs> So she could have been protecting. Uh, hey, she's Disney. really good at using those batons, man. All right, oh, yeah, leave yeah. you leave Black Widow alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that basically wraps it up on the specifics of the movie. I, I think. What What are your final thoughts? Any Any thoughts overall? I I'm really looking forward to the second one. I've heard really good things about uh, Captain Marvel. Um, mm. Yeah, just just from the set, you know, like uh, from. Uh, I think it's Allison Brie, or Brie Larson, Brie Larson, yeah. Brie Larson, you know, from all the accounts is doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I'm really excited about the whole concept of time travel, um, because at this point, I think a lot of the heroes are going to be retiring. Chris Evans, for sure, I think is, is yeah. uh, going to give up the mantle in the next movie or so. I think even, you know, Robert Downey Jr. may be giving up the mantle as Iron Man, which is like, which is the biggest heartbreaker to me, because I think. You know, as good as as good as Chris Evans is as Captain America, like Robert Downey Jr. just fucking embodies Tony Stark. There's nobody. Well, who does well, it like well that. dude, Robert Downey Jr. may as well just change his name to Tony Stark because exactly. he hasn't done any other fucking role other than hey, Sherlock hey, hey. and he, the Judge. He he had that role where he was a, a the dude that helped out blind Jamie Fox or something something the the musician. Okay, he does independent films. Oh right. yeah, All right. he You're... he cares. He was in Wait, Chef. Blind, blind Jamie Fox. Like yeah, he played Ray Charles. No, 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 no. <laughs> he was like he was like a homeless musician or something like that. I I don't know offhand. And it like it, it look it's a movie that you don't watch but you you cite because it shows that that you one of your favorite actors has authenticity. Okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. My bad. My bad. Okay, so Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. has a, has a versatile spectrum. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm kind of excited. I'm very, very sad because I kind of feel as though the next movie, it's going to be, uh, we're going to be 11 years into this Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think a lot of people are going away. And I'm really like, I'm really kind of like uh, caught up about that because um, you, you have all these things that are potentially happening down the line. Um, Fox Pictures may get absorbed by Marvel or Comcast, depending on, you know, uh, who throws the bigger bid. But if, um, if Fox goes to Marvel, I mean, there's a whole slate of movies involving the X-Men and the Avengers that they could have yeah. touched on. But, you know, yeah. it's like missed opportunities, you know, and I 
And, you know, for me, Hugh Jackman will forever be my Wolverine. Robert Downey Jr. will forever be my Iron Man. Chris Evans will forever be my Captain America. These are, these are the people who played those roles now. Um, and anybody else who's going to come into those roles is going to be, uh, I mean, they're going to have to prove themselves or else they're going to be an, an imposter in my eyes, you know, and, and that's hard. That's hard to relegate because that means a, you're getting old and B that like something important is kind of like closing, closing itself off. So I'm both, I'm both very, very excited to see how they're going to do it because I'm really excited that they do the time travel thing and see how they're going to integrate like, Oh, you know, like all the modern technology, um, all the all the development in the last 11 years in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and kind of bring it back into, um, you know, everything that's already happened before. I'd be really excited to see those interactions. And, uh, you know, I think I'm going to be very, very pleased with in, um, the second the second Affinity Wars, because I, I you know, as for as for as many mistakes and as many issues as this movie had, it still was like one of my favorite movies. Like hands down, I would go watch it again, like right now if I had the time to. Um, mm. Yeah, I would watch it again. I would, I would watch it a third time. I would watch it a fourth time. So, um, really excited on what they're going to do. Really sad that um, the the era is kind of ending at this point. Man, I, uh, I I get what you're saying about the end of an era, and I hope yeah. they, I hope they they're able to tie up a lot of these storylines um, and and give you know. Robert Downey Jr. and give Chris Evans the proper send off that right. Jackman got as Wolverine. Uh, by the way, I don't think that it's you know they're gonna go away forever. I think if X if they're able to work an X Men uh, integration into the uh, MCU, then they're gonna do some kind of a bit. Even if they're not putting on the costumes, they'll do some probably flash forward bit where you know. Hugh yeah. Jackman, Chris Evans, and Stark are standing around shaking hands and like eating shawarma or something, or doing right, something right. funny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to be eliminated from the universe, but no. you're right; they're not going to be the 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 superheroes. It'll probably be someone else, like Justin Bieber or something. God, some, some up and coming stud. Uh, <laughs> I I'll tell you this: uh, Infinity War is it doesn't crack my top five uh, Marvel film. I list. I I thought it was. I thought it was messy. I thought um, it the action was disappointing, and I thought a lot of the on-screen relationships just didn't work out. And that's you know I've, I've gone pretty well in depth into all those things. So I don't need to beat a dead horse, but I I think what you said was right. It is a two-parter, so I I should you know I should look at this movie as something in a vacuum and maybe after the second one comes out and they release it in a DVD they'll recut it like arrested development season 4 status and uh and make it a lot more uh, a lot more fluid this movie just seemed a l just going in way too many directions with too many questions unanswered for me to at the moment consider it th uh, that great of a movie but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think that the time travel thing will be interesting, and how they integrate it into the past movies should be uh, should be something really fun to see. So I, I'm definitely still excited for the second one, and lucky for us, it's only a year away. So. <laughs> and we got we got Captain Marvel and Ant Man in between them. Yep, yep, exactly. More more, another... more Michael Pena for you. <laughs> Hey, yo, so, like, check this out, man. So I'm like, hey, I'm hanging out there. I'm at the museum, man, and, you know, I'm looking at the art, and, you know, I'm not so much of a contemporary guy. I, I can't do the Michael Bandia, but, yeah, can't wait, can't wait. 
<laughs> Though my prediction is that whoever plays the wasp is going to do like four flying arm bars because that's just what they make female. Yeah, man, these days. for sure, that's, for sure. You know, that's just female action for you. All right, brother Jeff Liu, it's been a pleasure having you on the E Wing Bang podcast again. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be on. Go Dubs. <laughs> Go Dubs.